Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's learnedly questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr B. This is season 24 for me and season 20 for Amanda. And this is day 21 of season 92. Our first question asks, uh, what character did Michael Keaton play in The Founder, who represented himself as the founder of what corporation? Excuse me, so I misstated that. We're looking for the corporation, not the character. Uh... So I, I kind of thought, was this Ray Kroc? And I thought, I feel, feel like Ray Kroc actually was the founder of McDonald's, famously. But then I went on to read, and it said, oh no, the company's namesake founding brothers who were bought out. And I go, okay, yeah, that makes more sense that it was the McDonald brothers, because why mm. would a guy named Ray Kroc name a restaurant McDonald's unless it was mm -hmm. his? So, okay, yeah, let's go with uh, McDonald's. Yeah, so this one I didn't... Uh... I, I felt like I'd heard about, but I didn't see, of course. I didn't see the movie. Um, and 2016 was only 30 or 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, I uh, basically went from what companies do I know of that were founded by a pair of brothers and might plausibly have been bought out in 1961. Um, I think McDonald's might have crossed my mind, but I ended up going with Johnson & Johnson. Reasonable. Mm. I don't think that's probably older, though. But Yeah, it is older. Mm. But... but it was McDonald's. Oh, well. That was one of Michael Keaton's, like, post-2005 or so, just constant, give me an Oscar, please. Please, I want an Oscar. I've done a lot of really good work. Please, <laughs> give me an Oscar. Question two asks us, what country had the three princes, Bon Homme, Suvana Foma, and Suvana Pong? Yeah, this one I knew that I had heard about or read about at some point, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I considered, um, you know, several countries in Asia and Southeast Asia, uh, everything from Malaysia to Tibet to Bhutan, Thailand, uh, and I finally landed on Indonesia um, just because the the names of them and the fact that they are um you know that the the kingship or the kingdom of it was abolished in 1975 I, I i don't know i i just couldn't you know lock down where i thought this actually took place uh so really this is just a guess yeah i uh i thought these names sounded uh kind of thailand-ish siamese and i thought maybe 1953 kind of felt like around the time that it became independent or became Thailand versus Siam. Mm -hmm. I thought King was abolished in 1975. That didn't sound quite right, but I couldn't, I thought maybe it was just kind of temporary and the kingdom came back because I'm fairly certain that Thailand at this, at this moment has a king. Ah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but, but I figured they just came back, you know, at some point after that, there have been monarchies reestablished within our lifetime, so. Sure. So I just, I, I couldn't talk myself out of Thailand. All right. Well, the answer was Laos. Mm. So we were both hooped on that. Yep. Uh, question three asks us for a dress style that gathers at the narrowest part of the torso under the bus line and uh, has a name that refers to French history. Uh, and uh, using rule two, the narrowest part of the torso. Well, that's the waist. Why would you not call it the waist? That must be part of it. Ah. Like, okay, and then I kind of thought, like, okay, well, that 
So it gathers at the waist and then comes out under the bust line. Is that like, that's like an empire waist? Is that named after the French Empire? I feel like, I, I, I kind of never associated it with France as such, but in the late 18th century, I thought it was kind of later than that. Like I would have said maybe it was more Victorian. Mm. But I just, without, without anything else that I could come up with, I went with empire waist. So the Victorian look would be much more like a fitted, corseted look mm -hmm. with a large bustle or large skirt. Okay. Okay. Um, but this is an empire or ampere uh, waist, depending on how you prefer to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> and it's the kind of thing you would see in an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the place where, you know, and it's really, it's a very lovely and flattering and more comfortable style than some of the later heavily, you know, corseted boned kind of structured things um that people squeezed into um you, quite a bit on bridgerton also a more modern mm -hmm. uh, look of that type um but you know anything that's sort of a, a regency or um you know that era of romance uh novel or movie or whatever will often feature that style of dress uh it's very you know, romantic looking because of its Kind of flowing but also you know kind of highlights your chestal area um mm -hmm. and so uh, yeah i just i knew right off the bat that this was ampere i didn't put down waist but you know just because it's the ampere style so mm. i guess i've never heard it actually pronounced well uh, i don't know that everybody really pronounces it the french way okay. I, you know but okay. um mm. i've heard it pronounced that way mm. um but i think before i had heard that i would have said empire you know just having read it okay and it was empire parentheses waste indeed question four asks us for the foremost american dance company of the 20th century yeah notes that it was founded by balanchine and kirstein in 1948 and it's been resident in the lincoln center so that tells us that it is located in new york and it took me a while to make sure i had parse that correctly from um you know in comparison with the kennedy center which is in washington dc um but it did not help me get the correct answer anyway because somehow i thought this was um you know the fact that it's this forward um name for the the dance company um and for some reason i thought that balanchine and kirstein were like a Russian and an American, so that it was the Russian-American Ballet Theater is what I put down. I don't know where I got that, and I don't know why I think that that's a thing. Um, so really, that's it. I was just trying to figure out what would be, you know, four plausible words that sound right to me, and I thought there was a Russian-American involved. I thought there was a ballet theater involved. So, so much for that. See, now, when you say that the Lincoln Center tells us that it's in New York City. It tells you that it's in New York City. Well, it tells me that I have, <laughs> that I've forgotten which one is the Lincoln Center and which mm. one is the Kennedy Center. Oh, I hate that because I was very clearly visualizing the Kennedy Center, uh, which you can see from my daughter's house or the mm -hmm. road to it, and so I, I see it every time I go down to see her in D.C. and think, oh, you know, there's the there's the Kennedy Center, except for some reason. I read this question and thought, oh, yeah, Lincoln Center. That's the one in D.C. Okay, so what would a four-word name of a dance company in in D.C. be? And just couldn't 
come up with anything and i finally just kind of went with the washington national ballet theater because sure. that would that would be a thing so yeah it was affiliated with the ball team i think right would be, would be nice yeah no it's the new york city ballet mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is awfully prosaic i must say it really is. there because really first of all there's even if this is the most prominent there's got to be more than one new york city ballet mm-hmm. i mean come on now yeah Get more, get more original, George Balanchine. Yes. Anyway, um, moving on, we are asked in question five to name a paste from the Provençal region of France that has olives, capers, and anchovy fillets in it. I I could not come up with this. Like I I could taste it, I could see it <laughs> being spread, and I just nothing was coming to me, and I. Tried the alphabet trick, and I tried the uh, spread some, and I just couldn't even come up with a good number of syllables. So, mm-hmm. so finally, I just looked at the uh, the ingredients there and realized that whatever it's called, uh, it is legally speaking a salt bomb. Yeah, and that is what I answered: <laughs> salt bomb. It's not untrue, um, but it's not the official name of this uh, delightfully salty treat. Um, the it. This is something that I knew that I knew as soon as I read it. So it took me a little while to sort through, like, you know, initially my brain came up with roulade, but I was like, no, that's the German rouladen, uh, you know, rolled something or other dish. Um, and then I was like, it's got that odd on the end. It's it's tapenade. That's what that is, is an olive tapenade. Um, I don't, I didn't really know that it necessarily includes these particular ingredients i kind of thought it was just an olive spread with other stuff in it but um but certainly this is a classic type of tapenade if nothing else with the olives capers and anchovies and all of those you are quite right incredibly salty each on their own (laughs) so it is you know I, i almost feel like salt bomb should be marked marked correct um but i put down tapenade and that was correct well done. Thank you. That was, that was one where as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that, yes. is, that is a correct answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Well done, Thorsten. Indeed. Uh, question six asks us, uh, what word is used for letters in the Futhark Teutonic alphabet? Well, these are runes, of course. Um, I, you know, myself being a person of Swedish descent... <laughs> Um, no, not really. I mean, I am, but that's not why I know this. It's because I was a, you know, a weird little teenager who got into odd corners of mythology. Um, and part of the thing about runes is that you can use them kind of like tarot cards for divination practices. Um, you know, to the extent that you place credit in such things. Um, but yeah, the, um, I think one of them is like the the upper and there's like a set of them that's the upper and the set that's the lower or something like that um but yeah the you know the the letters mentioned here correspond to alphabet letters but also have their own names and and meanings and stuff like that um and these are the kind of almost hash mark looking things that you'll see on um you know i don't know stone markers and stuff like that um in Scandinavian countries. Um, but yeah, these are runes. Um, I guess you can give the adjective form would be runic, but I, I put down runes. 
um, you know, to, to um, mention the letters, I guess, directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, I, as, as I was reading, it's like, Futhark, oh, that's one of the runic alphabets, isn't it? Oh, what word is used generally for these letters? Yeah, also used in adjective form. Yeah, okay. It, Thorsten has done this thing before that kind of annoys me when he, he says, you know, the word in question in a different form is used to describe, like, well, that's not the word in question then, is it? Yeah. Which, <laughs> the word which runic one do you want for is a matter? different word from the word runes. Mm-hmm. You can tell because they're spelled differently and pronounced differently and mean different things. Yeah. So uh, that's just a, that, that's a tick of his that I find aggravating because it makes me spend way longer on these questions than I should have. Granted, yeah. when I say way longer, that means more in percentage terms. Because mm-hmm. instead of figuring out figuring it out within a second, it took me four or five to think, <laughs> wait, does he mean, let me read this again. He's looking for two different words. Is he looking for the same? Oh, okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure that he's looking for runes, maybe runic. I'm going to go with runes just because that's, that answers the question that has a question mark on it. So sure. I'm going to go with runes. Yeah, and, you know, that is the correct answer. And you can see that, like, I, I kind of appreciate what he's trying to do in the sense of he's over-communicating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to indicate that if you put down runic, that's okay because, you know, we know what is meant by either the noun or the adjectival form yep. of this thing. Um, but, yeah, it just, you could, I, you know, yeah. that's That's, you could say... For you, these are runic letters, and so that is the word that is used for these letters, or something like, to describe these letters. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of like it's rehashing the, the question, you know, just for the heck of it to, to make sure everybody can put down whichever version they, they want, and not worry about being marked wrong or, getting you know sending a lot of of snippy emails to, to the commissioner himself. Um, saying, but I should be get credited for runic and mm-hmm. runicial and runothoric <laughs> and you know all these things. Yep. Um, so yeah, that that was the correct answer, and that left me with three on the day and yeah. you with three on the day. Yeah, and I'm a little tired of that song and dance. Mm. Yeah, two straight days of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah. this one will be hard to defend like yesterday's was. We can but hope. I you know it might be that. With a movie this recent, people will underdefend that. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm getting a zero on the food drink probably, um, and likely the runes uh, get me a one. So I can only hope that Ampere Waste is somehow seen to be sort of obscure. I don't know. Seems pretty gettable. I, I don't have a lot of hope with this. Yeah. Well. So that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post game analysis. Follow us on Twitter at LRNDLG, that's Learned League without the vowels, and remember, don't forfeit, don't cheat.